0: Welcome back for episode two of uh, the Journey Runner podcast with bearded Aaron, a podcast that talks about uh, the journey of your runs, how how we got there, how we uh, how it may uh, lead us, and how it prepares us for the next uh, possible journey. Um, today's episode, we'll talk on how it's uh, not always. Um, not always easy, or there can be hiccups on our journey uh but how far are we willing to go to make this journey successful? um I know on mine, going back to uh the cruel jewel fifty this past may um is where we'll go ahead and pick up and uh it started with uh, training for this run, and training for this run was going to be difficult for me because it was going to be a really short block. So, um, short block plus this race is 50 plus miles with over 17,000 feet of vertical climb and just as much um, ascending as well. So, I live... Over here in Santa Rosa Beach off of thirty A in Florida. And it is flat. Flat beautiful woods, but beachy woods. And you just you're not gonna get the difficultiness that you're gonna have to take on for the cruel jewel fifty. So I had to um I had to switch up and try to figure out how to make this work to prevent injury, for one, but uh, to also succeed, uh, nutritionally and physically. So, uh, luckily, um, I had found my new buddy, uh, Brody, and how he turned me over to uh, training on one of the north sides of the area. Um, of the bay, I'm kind of trapped in this island life over here, which is cool, but uh, kind of, kind of sucks all at the same time, but told me just to get on over to where he trained for the Rebecca 50, which is a race in northern Alabama, and how he prepared for uh, that race, and doing all these repeats, but for me, uh, it only would gain me about four to six hundred feet depending on how long i was out there no more than three hours would i really spend on out there um in that type of terrain i would uh take different types of fuel with me i always had tailwind water with me but um, to eat and everything i had these lard bars and uh trail trail bar And trail bars seemed to work out pretty good. The lard bars just didn't seem to really fit uh, with those short little bouts all too well. Um, I came back to the lard bar about a month after that or so after starting the training, and it it seemed to be better. Uh, I think maybe just because I wasn't going as fast on my training blocks um, on those training runs. And um, we'll get... We'll go over to where those training runs went to uh, later on. But, uh, so yeah, I just switched on over and would use the Humma Gels, um, which I'd used in the past and doing some marathons. And, uh, stuck with the Tailwind and Water. Um, I didn't, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I did uh, other runs on top of that, just not only on the trail, but running around running around town here. Uh, I would do two hours, which would equal out close to about 15 miles, um, roughly around two to three times a week. Uh, I would do speed workouts um, nonstop for uh, two times a week, just those speed workouts were super intense. Worked out really well for my 5K and 10K times, but um, wasn't really. That wasn't the goal for the long term in this particular area, and um, so I had to stop doing that with a little over a month, um, so I could get my miles really ramped up uh, and my legs really ready for for this run. Um, my mileage was looking good, but, um, as far as verts go, I just was not getting but eight, 700 to 800 feet over a 50 mile a week. And just that to me wasn't getting, getting the proper training that I really wanted. Um, Luck would have it, though, that I would go on ahead and was taking a trip to Breckenridge uh, to go skiing with uh, my girlfriend and her family, and so the four days I was going to be there, I went on ahead and made sure I used that time wisely to train in 9,000 feet of elevation and uh, pull some gains in a four-mile span of over 700 feet, so uh, out of those three days, I would I train those short little four-mile runs, and um, just to just to strengthen up my legs, and my lungs were burning. If any of y'all have ran an elevation, um, it's it'll wear you down super super quick. You know, I did it last October uh, when I was out at the Grand Canyon. Something totally totally different on running out there. Anyways. um, but that just kind of came to mind of when I got back into town, where I needed to go take my training next was where, where uh it was going to be the same type of terrain. It was going to be the elevation jump-wise, um, I mean vert jump-wise. Elevation really wasn't going to be a problem over here. Um, and uh decided at least once a week I'd go on ahead and take, take myself drive four to five hours to Talladega National Forest, or over to Oak Mountain State Park, and I'd run for five hours, run, hike for five hours, I'd spend time in there, just, I really didn't count up so much of what the mileage was, but the time that I spent out on the trail, Um, so I was on the Pinhoti, the Pinhoti Trail um, quite a bit, and uh, that that helped with some good hiking, uh, areas. Um, got some boulders on that, on that trail and kind of set the tone of where I was going to be nutritionally. And I always made sure I took exactly what I needed for my nutrition. Um, I would start out with, I would have a banana uh, beforehand, um, maybe a little bit of berries and then put it back in the cooler and, um, I'd set out, and I would have my lard bar, uh, hummagel, tailwind, and water with me, um, and I'd loop back around, but I never got any fruit uh, whenever I'd loop back around to the car before I started a next venture, and it would be, I mean, I'd be away from the car for at least two hours um, before I'd make it on back, and that would kind of vary also two, two and a half hours. Um but the training with that seemed to work out really really well uh, especially Oak Mountain State Park I put in some really good mileage over there the last big training run uh two weeks I think before I set off for the Cruel Jewel um that threw me some pretty quick vert in a short amount of time over think there's one trail that's thirteen miles and I had probably 15, 1,500 feet of vertical climb which uh which is pretty good. I mean you just wanna kinda span of it over that time. Um so I felt really good going into going into uh the run. Even though it's those exhausting trips, um to get up there to get some feels of Of what I was about to encounter when I made it to North Georgia, um, the only other thing to be in North Georgia and to put those into perspective is to almost go to the Smoky Mountains. That's almost what it reminded me of when I got up there. Um, The Blue Ridge Mountains are just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. If you've never been, go take a trip up there plenty of stuff for you to be able to go do, wineries, uh, fields, it's just, it's really beautiful country up there, uh, they, you just underneath the canopies of all these trees in the wilderness, and it's, it's super neat, um, so yeah, it was time, just time for me to start off on race day, and nutrition impact, um, the gears all ready to go, my crew is all set, we have the times all matched out, and we're just, we're ready to rock and roll, I was, of course, nervous at the start line, but as far as anything else went, I I felt pretty good, I felt very confident, um, my crew, crew looked pretty confident, I wasn't going to be able to see them until mile 24, they get a uh, They were capable of seeing me three times that day, um, all back-to-back-to-back, all 24, and then I think every six miles after that or something. And so they had had my pack of M&Ms, bananas, blueberries, chicken broth, jerky, pretty much you name it, they had it. Anything that I thought when I was in the grocery store, what could I be hungry for? I went on ahead and got it fudge rounds. I think um, cashews, just all sorts of different different varieties of food um, that I'd have to be ready for, and um, they they set up. So I took off. I had my lard bar in my pack. I had my tailwind, and uh, I had a huma gel and some water, and made a, made the trek, started out, was looking pretty, pretty good, pretty strong, run through the first aid station, no problem, coming towards the second aid station, I knew it was coming up quick, I made a wrong turn, um, and was off track about two, about two miles, and uh Two other guys said they didn't follow me, but they had made the same wrong turn, and quickly uh, I had to assess. I say quickly, making two miles wasn't so quickly, but had to make an adjustment, and said, "Guys, we're we're off a uh, we're off track," and made our turn around. Started making our trek back, and I was at first starting to panic because I'm sitting here in eighth place and and with good time and I'm wanting to hurry up and race and get back to my same position and I had to cool and calm myself back down that look it's so early on in the race it's, this run it's not its not that big of a deal it's just sit back relax cruise into this uh, aid station and and uh, be okay, so get in there, Um, people were really, really nice, and generous, and stuff, and um, we're kind of amazed on how, how we did get off track, to me, it seemed to be pretty simple, whenever you have 100 milers, and 50 milers, uh, on the same trail, and one says to turn this way, because that's where they just came from, it just Simple to kind of get off track since I was running into them at that point in time, anyways, so uh felt fine, not a big deal, good take off and i'm I'm heading towards the third uh third aid station, which is gonna be about five miles um five miles down the way, and I get halfway there and i'm I'm hungry again and pull up my lard bar because I knew I was going to be hiking back up and went to take a bite into it and I that my stomach did not want it. And I quickly knew right then this could be uh this could be different. <laughs> um my stomach's been perfectly fine with these lard bars on on these particular runs and getting close to this mileage and this time that I'm sitting out here in this in the woods actually I'm not sitting I'm, I'm running and I get to the aid station I um, was going to look for they've been having sandwiches and donuts and watermelon and oranges and I believe one station might have had some some tamales or something and I thought for sure that I'd want something like that. And even the thought process right now of it it just it brings back memories of how my stomach just I I couldn't even actually stand next to the aid station because it wanted to make me sick. Um, so I started to kind of panic right there that the only thing I really could get and knew I could get and would actually sit in my stomach, was uh, some oranges and watermelon. And my hands were stacked full of them with the the people at the aid station, the volunteers that were so great, would uh, take my bottles, fill me on up with tailwind water, pass it on back to me, um, and send me on my way. And when I left out of that aid station, just not knowing what's going on, Uh, how am I going to be able to feel like this the rest of the way? And I've still got to make it to mile 24 um, to meet my crew. And am I even going to make it there before, like, depleting out? And uh, it just, it worried me. And I I really really had no idea how I was going to take it. So I calmed myself down that, hey, look, I mean, you're doing fine right now. There's nothing wrong with you. You're moving in a great pace. Your your stomach's still perfectly fine. Everything on you is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. So let's let's make the trek on in here. So made it all the way to uh, 24, which was I think close to my 26, 27. Um, since I'd made the wrong turn. And we got with the I got with my crew. My girlfriend was just surprised on how well I looked um compared to a lot of some of the other people and was really happy. They were all pretty happy to be able to see how in well spirits I was even after taking those uh particular hits and we came up with a new plan of just uh feeding me the bananas and the the blueberries and had some oranges with them, uh, feed me a little bit of the chicken broth at the time, um, didn't want to hit it too hard, sodium level was looking pretty good, it gives you a little bit of protein as well, and so it, it seemed to be working out just fine, um, so I continued to trek on, um, Made it, made it all the way through until I think mile 40, somewhere around 40-something, whenever I saw them last. Finished uh, finished up all my chicken broth. Took, uh, took my last thing of tailwind and one hummagell that I had left. And it seemed like all that stuff was staying down with me perfectly fine, Um, finished off that race with no issues, no stomach pains, and just no cramping, I just, it worked out just fine, and could have turned, definitely could have turned, I'm just glad I didn't, I didn't start saying, well, this is what you trained with, this is what needs to happen, I, I had still trained with those other particulars, I mean, fruit, especially. Um, I didn't mix in anything that I had never had tried. Um, so I've always heard horror stories about, hey, well, I somebody handed me this and it it worked for them, so I was going to go on ahead and try it, and then it it turns them in their stomach and they have stomach issues. Uh, luckily, I didn't do that. I made it through made it through uh, that long long day and. Um, I did get depleted, but, uh, that was after 50 miles and me having over eight more miles still to go, but pushed, uh, pushed on through. And I was capable of having a successful finish. And some of these things you can't control, um, me making the wrong turn and figuring it out and coming back, well, there's nothing you can do about making the wrong turn anymore. When you've made the wrong turn, you've made the wrong turn. All you can do is get back on track and and move forward. You can't let it just shut you down. Um, that's that's not going to lead to the success that you want or what I wanted. So, um, same thing with the food. And uh, those are just the journeys that we have. And um, it's how we go ahead and change our attitude and make these things uh, successful. Um, that's uh, that's my story with uh, how the Cruel Jewel went with me. And I'm looking forward to the next venture. I'm not, it's, it's starting to kind of, Come together, uh, what'm to what I'm trying to do um, with the exact if science of when the next ultra I want to run, um, and what I want to do possibly with just one more push at a at a marathon to see see what type of time I can do if I can Boston qualify just to thats was my long-term goal about four years ago, and so it's obviously it still sits back there and would like to be able to qualify for it. So it's just trying to make sure I draw up the right safety program for it um, that I can just go ahead and bounce from that to the next run and uh, continue on with the healthy running uh, experience. Um, Next week we should... uh, we should be able to hear from somebody else um about their journey on what it what it was to get them there and what drew what drove them into uh, this running journey path and where it's taken them and where where they want to see that journey go um so we're looking forward to having that um it'll be a uh, be really interesting. So, uh, also, go ahead, please do follow me on, uh, Instagram at, uh, Bearded Journey Runner or on Facebook at Aaron Haugen, A-A-R-O-N H-A-U-G-A-N or email me. Any questions that you might have, uh, stories, love to hear them at, um, Go ahead and email me Aaron A A R O N at Haugen H A U G A N dot me um, for all the for all that information. Please do give us a shout out. Thank you guys uh, for listening once again this week, and I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please give me some feedback, and um, would look and would love to have you guys someone uh, share their journey with us and where where it's taken them on this uh great path of life have a great day